Hello and welcome to a City Made by People City Talks live Q&A. Uh, today we're going to be addressing uh, how we're going to get around in the post-corona city, as in you know, keeping um, track of social distancing in our cities. My name is Robin. I'm founder of uh, A City Made by People, and I'm super proud to have three amazing initiatives from Rotterdam, Vienna, and Rome part of this City Talk. It will last around 45 minutes, so it's going to go quick. If you have any questions or comments, please use them. You Please, use them. if you're on Facebook or if you're on our page, you can use the comment bar, ask your question, and we'll make sure to pop it in um, and uh, get it answered by one of these initiatives. Uh, for now, I'd just like to give a short introduction to um, A City Made by People. So A City Made by People was born like five to six years ago with the aim to celebrate livability in cities, of course, together with citizens, to mobilize citizens as well, to roll up their sleeves, but also to be aware of what's happening in their own city. So we're a network of cities, uh, currently in 10 active cities, and we're always open to more cities. So if you want to be part of, become part of our network, please drop us a line. Uh, the most recent uh, city that joined us is Vienna. So again, welcome, happy to have you at the team. And she's also part of this today's uh, uh, you know, um, lineup of, of initiatives. So that's even better. And what we do is we like to celebrate and collaborate on livability through content that we, that we write and share. Uh, we also launch a video series, uh, publish a magazine, but mostly also host these talks, uh, normally offline, but during the, the, uh, the crisis, it's, it's mostly online. And we like to roll up our sleeves and really do something in cities. So we'd like to um, come up with experience and activities. But for now, let's switch back to why we're here for. Um, City Talks, again, it's on social distancing. We're gonna discuss today to, um, to learn more about solutions and how we should get around in, uh, in our cities, uh, keeping track of space, especially when it comes to walking and cycling. And we've invited uh, speakers. And the first one that I'd like to uh, bring up is uh, Lior Steinberg. He's an urban planner and founder of Humankind City. It's a collective that uh, works on urban happiness. Um, and they've got some really cool projects uh, they've been working on and coming up. So I'd like to put him in. Let's get Lior here. Hello, Lior. Hey, Robin. Welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm good here in Rotterdam, safe, healthy. OK, most importantly. Would you like to uh, give a short introduction on who you are and what uh, humankind is? Yeah, so my name is Lior Steinberg, as you said. I'm an urban planner uh, and I'm the co-founder of Humankind. Uh, we are an agency for urban change. So basically what we do is that we work with cities and with um, municipalities and regions and governments to actually change cities, foster this change toward um, people-friendly environments. And if you can go to the next slide, you'll see those sort of experiments where we are trying to uh, replace car-oriented public spaces and them into people-oriented public spaces. And it is mainly about reimagining our streets could look like um, and our cities can look like and how we can live in safer and healthier places to promote happiness. Uh, yeah, well, this is another image, but uh, it's again the same example showing the how 
boring public spaces can become more exciting. Uh, it's a project we did in Groningen uh, in the Netherlands. Nice. A lot of happy citizens. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great. Well, we're super happy to have you, Lior. Um, and uh, we'll get back to you in a second. Let's continue introducing uh, the other initiatives. See you in a bit. Thank you. And then we have two ladies. I have to add them separately. We have Hannah Schwartz and Sophie Thiel uh, from Git Doch Wien in Vienna. Welcome. Hi. How, great to be how here. How are you? Fine. Just sitting here, relaxing in Vienna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good. Are you uh, still in lockdown? Uh, yeah, but the measures were actually lightened up um, with beginning of May. So we are pretty much allowed to do most of the stuff we were allowed to do uh, before Corona. Great. And tomorrow all our cafeterias and restaurants are starting to be opened again. So city life starts again. Okay. Really. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's quite a memorable uh, event, I would say. Um, could you please give an introduction to to um, to Get Doch Wien? You're in a, a nonprofit association uh, promoting and focusing on walkability in, in Vienna, right? Yeah. Could yeah, you tell exactly. us a bit more, please? Yeah. So we are um, advocating pedestrian-friendly planning and placemaking in Vienna um, because for us, walkability is the key to a high quality of life in every city. And I think we can all agree that public open space is an, an incredibly valuable asset and that this public good must be distributed fairly and organized in a sustainable manner. So what we do with Getoch is to organize small public ex uh, experiments and performances. And we try to initiate bottom-up um, processes within citizens themselves. So together with local residents, we create new ways of using public space and rethinking streetscapes from car-oriented to people-centered places. And our big vision for Vienna, but also for every other city in the world, in the world is um, yeah, to build attractive streets um, where people enjoy walking and lingering. Beautiful. Nice. Great project. And these, are some, these are some impressions from these performances that we do every year. Nice. We'll share them also in the, in the link, in the comment box. Perfect. Thanks so much. Super happy to have you both. Thank um, you. I'm going to move on to the last yeah. initiative, and uh, we'll get bring you back in, uh, in a while. Thanks. So the next one up is Francesco from Rome. Hello, Francesco. Hello there. Thanks Hi. for inviting me. Absolutely. And uh, we talked about this, but uh, you're, of course, you know, in Rome is still a lockdown. Yep. Unfortunately, yes, we're still in quarantine, even though we, we, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so hopefully June will be uh, a turning point for, for, for us. And uh, we'll see, keep the finger crossed, but things might, be be might, might get better. Yes, yes. And you're, um, uh, since 2009, uh, work, uh, um, you're, you know, you're a cyclist advocate. And you focus very much on active mobility. Yes. Um, you're officially the bicycle mayor of Rome. Accidentally, yes. No, <laughs> Accidentally. No. Uh, I'm really happy that uh, Biggs and the uh, embassy of the Netherlands decided to, to appoint me as a, as a bicycle mayor last year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I was really happy to, to, to be selected 
and uh, it helps my job, my real job as well, mm -hmm. as I'm, act, uh, I'm an active mobility expert. Yes. Uh, currently working for the the uh, mobility agency of Rome, mm -hmm. and mm, my field is European project. You funded uh, active mobility project. I was involved in um, a pretty pretty big project called Pasta, and Vienna was in with the University of Boku. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure the ladies will, will, will might have heard about it. And mm -hmm. nowadays I'm currently involved in the in another European project called Handshake, which is a it's a pretty big thing. And it says Visual 13 care. cities together. And yes. uh, Amsterdam and Copenhagen uh, joined forces for the very first time in a European level, which is really mm -hmm. good. And it gives us a lot of strength, a lot of confidence, even for the the, the the new interventions, the new interventions we're working uh, currently. So I will tell you more during the, the, the conversation, but pretty much that's what I do. Beautiful, beautiful. Must be yeah. a dream job. Aye, very frustrating, but you know. <laughs> frustrating, but good. Yeah. All right, good to have you. I'm gonna leave My you pleasure. on and we invite uh, Lior and uh, Hannah and Sophie. Mm -hmm. We don't need any more slides. We just need us and ourselves. Um, again, this is not about uh, a presentation about only by ourselves, but to really uh, drive a conversation um, about where we stand at the moment, but also how we will envision um, the near future of our cities, right? Because um, it's been in the news. Um, uh, suddenly, uh, Paris, they have a, like a boost in secondhand bikes because people are scared of taking the public transport when going out of like lockdown. Um, there's Rome and Milan uh, working on pop-up bike lanes. Uh, but of course, it's not in their nature to cycle. Um, so Romans also need to, you need to get used to how to you know, use a bike in, 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 in the public space. Um, and there's like cities like New York and UK really investing heavily and also money on as they call the future of mobility, uh, in reconfiguring roads, um, you know, creating more space for, um, you know, to create more walkability, walkable city and, and a cycle-friendly city as well. So um, from, from that notion and what we're, what we're seeing in the news as well, um, I think it's what well, the first question I would like to ask to, to all of you is like, um, you know, how does this COVID-19 pandemic affect your public space in your city. And I might like to give the, the turn to, to, the, to, uh, to Sophie or Hannah first, maybe. Okay, maybe I can start. Um, sure. In Vienna, we would see all the playgrounds and the parks, public parks, being closed due to the corona crisis. And it was also very nice spring weather, the first beginning of spring that was felt and all the people wanted to get out out of their homes, out of their houses. It was allowed to go out inside in, in your family group, but then there was not much public space which was open because the parks closed, the playgrounds um, closed, and you would see not enough public space for all of them. It would started to be feel quite, quite damp and quite narrow um, <laughs> for us. What you would also realize is less motorized traffic which was mm -hmm. a big asset for the people. Suddenly there was no noise pollution at all, no, no air pollution, no planes, blue sky. It was nature-wise 
it was very, very appreciated. It was silent. <laughs> it was great if you could enjoy it outside. Nice. And what you would also see, um, more cyclists, more people who dared to be on the road again, mm -hmm. um, ride a bicycle and use the short distances for walking. So very much more walker, walking people mm -hmm. out of home and more cyclists on the street. Mm. This was our nice. first impressions wow. in Vienna. Rome? Well, um, it's been two months now, we're in quarantine. So public space was really a, 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 an utopia for, for the vast majority of, mm -hmm. of us. So, and I think it, we were affected um, also mentally, you know, physically, yes, you can go out, you can, you can do exercise, you can walk, you can bike, you can commute, which surely affects your body. But the mental mm -hmm. aspects should be, should be more stressed. Mm -hmm. uh, that you know, you think about the, the consequences of the virus. You you see, uh, you hear the news from from the TV, and parks are closed, and the sun is out. And you can you can barely reach it. So mm -hmm. it's I think that the the whole population. I mean, Rome was not even that affected about the virus, but still, like we, we suffered the the quarantine a lot. But it mm -hmm. also gave us the time to think about several aspects of our life, which mm -hmm. is a good aspect of, on, of the whole negative scenario. So well, you've been cycling through the, through the streets as well, right? For your job. Yes. Yes. So you've been so, seeing also a city from a totally different perspective. Absolutely. I went out uh, yesterday to do uh, um, a work related um, activity and you realized how wide the streets are with no car around and you and you think that maybe we have developed a, a, a wrong way of, of of city which neglects the right of pedestrian uh, <laughs> cyclists and disabled people to, mm -hmm. to to get around the city well freely you know mm -hmm. so we should start from from this vision good good we get into solutions in a later question but first i want to give uh, Lear <coughs> as well uh, um, his insights from, from Rotterdam, from his uh, environment? Yeah, well, I, I have to admit that Rotterdam or the Netherlands, as you know, Robin, has not been so affected by the corona, definitely not like Italy or Spain. And also the measures that were taken here are less severe than what I hear from Vienna. Mm. Playgrounds were open, children kept playing. Mm. Um, so I, I definitely can imagine uh, how difficult it was in other countries. Of course, here we just stayed at home. More people uh, walked on the streets, but not much, uh, not much to add to what we mm. already heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the, I mean, what I noticed from Amsterdam, of course, it's like, man, there's so much <laughs> space, room, you know, no tourists. Yeah. Uh, it's funny enough, you saw like the the center of Amsterdam was, which is no, normally flooded with tourists. I think it was the most uh, empty part of the city. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard. Uh, yeah, I heard that, that people uh, say that they finally hear Dutch in Amsterdam, which is uh, <laughs> quite, a, quite a special occasion. Yeah. But Rotterdam is not is not a touristic city, so the change, of course, yeah, less traffic, less people. You and as Francesco mentioned, you see how huge the city is. The space is huge, and we, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you pay attention to a lot of other things than, than what you normally see, you know, to all the, the crowds. Um, moving on to, um, you know, the current situation as well, is that how would you describe the, the, the yeah, the, the problems that, that you see amongst walkers and, and cyclists in your city? Um, okay, I'll hand it to Rome. Okay. Uh, well, as I said, like we somehow uh, we have well, you envisioned because you're of course still in lockdown, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem mm. is there. I mean, we we perfectly know the what's the problem in in our city. Uh, mm. We decades of car-oriented policies made our city uh, really, really a nasty place for vulnerable users. Uh, it's like the Canaries for for the miners. You know, if you don't see elderly people, if you don't see disabled people, if you don't see kids getting around your city, you, we all should uh, get concerned about that. And my city is pretty much like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the, the structure of the city uh, also um, make really uncomfortable for, for, for uh, those residents who want to walk or want to, or want to cycle. And it's a pity as Rome is one of the most beautiful places in, in the world but the way we developed our city, the structure of our city, it's all car-oriented. So we need to start from admitting that we failed miserably mm -hmm. and start over. And what better chance than now? You know, now also those who oppose like active mobility measures for, don't know, funny reasons. Now they, they can deny that the space on, 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 on the streets is, is allocated unfairly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, the, it's a cult, yeah. The main problem for me is a cultural uh, problem. Is yeah. people are now addicted to 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 car, and even though they might that they would like to complain about the the, the, the car arrogance, motorist arrogance, they somehow uh, uh, are afraid of of express their their view, and mm -hmm. even though they, it affects their their lives. Yeah. So a cultural change must must. Uh, must happen so mm -hmm. but then also the, the like you know, these pop-up bike lanes that happened in rome i mean that that's that yeah i mean people that, are scared to cycle part, right so it can be part of the solution i'm i'm yeah. i'm a cyclist through and through yeah. and i take my kids to to school with a bike my partner uh, cycle um so i mean there's a lot of cycling in in my city even though i mean it's only one percent but it's, it, the numbers are growing, and this is a perfect chance to, with the, the with this emergency bike lanes, we call it transitory bike lanes, because, you know, like emergency bike lane might might tend to be to disappear in a two months when the emergency will go away. The idea we have we put in place is that these bike lanes will remain even after the emergency, mm -hmm. and projects such as handshake is giving us a lot of uh, confidence and a lot of best practice. To, to, to put in place these transitory bike lanes. And I'm really confident that the cycling can be one, if not the solution of this crisis, as public transport will suffer uh, dearly uh, because of the crisis, because of the fear of people taking public transport. So walking and cycling can be a, a, a feasible solution and an economic solution. And these 150 kilometers we're planning, they might give us a, a, a boost in that direction. Beautiful. I hope so. I hope Rome, uh, embraces the bike lane. It's like, yeah. yes. 
Uh, what about a Vienna? Um, what do you see happening at the moment? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that the problems between walkers and cyclists have essentially changed uh, compared to uh, uh, before Corona. But mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think the mo most of the problems are due to the unfair distribution of the public open spaces. Mm -hmm. um, what we what we see now is, of course, that more people choose to walk or to bike rather than using the public transport. Mm -hmm. um, so the space that we have for walking or for biking is even more narrow now because more people are having to share it. Yeah. Um, and for example, there was one uh, pop-up bike lane introduced in Vienna mm -hmm. for the whole city. <laughs> <laughs> and what we what we experienced there, I think. Two days after it was opened, um, somebody has spread a pin in nails on this pop-up bike lane. Oh, lovely. So people got stuck in the tires and they had flat tires. Mm. So there's still a lot, lot of hate going on between, I don't know if it was a, um, yeah, Hannah, please. <laughs> yeah, plus um, I just wanted to continue and add, you would see it um, also at the media, how media and newspapers would talk about these new pop-up bike lanes. Mm. which was already quite negatively and mm -hmm. arousing more and more about the conflict between car drivers on the one side and the and the bikers who would get now an additional bike lane um yeah, yeah. they would they would just try to fire up this made up conflict between car drivers and bicyclists which was for nonsense so, so the media is also a problem yes yeah Always good to, to blame the media. If we <laughs> well, if we have to, uh, you know, start helping people change their, uh, you know, mindset or particular culture, it, it would help, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. It would be positive. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that since, since, of course, the Netherlands and Rotterdam have been more open than, than possibly other cities, uh, Lior, you see any, any, uh, any problems already uh, occurring? Look, I think that what we see now, I mean, there are problems, especially in busy cities, because people want to try to keep this kind of uh, physical distance from each other. Mm -hmm. What you do see is uh, that sometimes the sidewalks are too narrow or the bike uh, intersection, the, the, the infrastructure for, for cyclists is too small, so it's difficult even to stop next to another cyclist mm -hmm. but i think what people well maybe they don't uh, say it in these words but as an urban planner I'm, i i can say it is that now we really see the difference between those streets that we are or the portions of the streets that are for slow movement for staying for shopping for meeting people and that other portion of the street that we is bigger and bigger all the time in, in rome is maybe too big and also in the Netherlands since many places is too big mm -hmm. this this area is just to move people from A to B without any meaning for the place they go through mm -hmm. and what we see here in, in Rotterdam is that a lot of people work from home most people work from home so all this traffic this uh, commuting traffic which is a result of not bad people but just terrible planning uh, putting uh, housing far away from the city, building suburbs, uh, people just making their choice of coming with car because that's what they have to do. And and we see th this influence on cities and now we have the option to see how little cars would need to come to our cities if we would not 
invite every morning so many people to come with private cars and so mm. many people to live. And this is the Netherlands, which is quite fine in terms of uh, active mobility and public transportation. So mm. I know other cases in other cities, you see the difference even more. Yeah. And I think that's also like when, the, when we talk about challenges, slightly moving into a next question, you know, is that there are too, too many people at one moment at time in a day, right? So it's the same people all going to school or all going to work or all. So if it's more spread out, it feels more, uh, more natural flowing through city as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, well, that's what we're trying to, to do. We work in places to spread out the, the entering hour, not, you know, in order to avoid the peak, peak, uh, peak hour people in the metro station, for instance, or bus. Uh, but I think, you know, the biggest challenge, you know, despite all, all the activities we, we're currently working on, like pop-up claims and other strategies, I think smart working can play a, a vital role in, in reducing uh, the, the conflict on the streets, also traffic, uh, pollution, and it will give hope to those who want to try a different uh, uh, transport mode, those who want to cycle. In this way, they might feel more comfortable as less cars are on the streets. Mm. On the other hand, less cars on the streets means higher speed. So we need to, 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 to work on that too. If that's what I experienced yesterday. I mean, no one was on the street, but two cars passed me like 100 kilometers uh, per hour. Mm. And that's the problem because we need uh, control on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so giving too much freedom is also something uh, that uh, is a challenge. Yeah, freedom needs to be uh, gained in some way. Uh, mm -hmm. What would you say is uh, for Vienna the biggest challenge, uh, Hannah or Sophie? <clears throat> well, I think um, since we have a very, very good working public transport system, where lots of commuters are coming daily in our city center, um, we have now the problem that not so many people want to use public transport and they are looking for another solution, how to get into the, how to commute, com commute to the city center. And therefore now the big solution is there, use active mobility to get into, to reach the city center. Um, mm -hmm. Well, this is also the big challenge now for us. How can we attract more people on the bikes to get into the city, not using their cars, their personal cars. Um, and this is political-wise quite a big problem, since we also have elections in September. Mm. And those, yeah, those <clears throat> parties, Democrats and the Green, who are sharing, who are in a coalition, um, yeah, have different, different, different views on, let's say, active mobility. Mm. Um, yeah, I. I think also what, what Hannah mentioned before, uh, a big challenge is also to change the mindset of people and politicians because the majority of people in Vienna are still stuck in this car-centered thinking of the 60s and 70s. And they don't have the understanding of realizing what change it would make to distribute the space more fairly and give more space to pedestrians and cyclists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you already start like ideating with the citizens about that as well? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh. You asked me, Sophie. or I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. It was for Sophie. <laughs> but no worries. Yeah, yeah, you can also answer it. Go no, for no, it. go on, Sophie. 
uh, but I didn't hear the question. So. Oh, oh, sorry. Did, did you already ask around? Do you already involve citizens there to uh, to help think about that? Those those uh, you know ideas and solutions in public uh, like in public space. Uh, you mean with Geto, with our initiative? Yeah, of course, yeah. <clears throat> uh, with your activities, I mean, are, are you uh, are you already, you know, looking for uh, involving, engaging with citizens about that? Oh uh, yeah, well, of course, we we try to do. And what we actually recently launched is a new project called Social Spots, um, which addresses uh, the. <clears throat> The understanding of people that they can trust in using public space again, um, and it like it aims. The, the most important thing about it is that it aims to replace the social distancing with physical distance, and yeah, it should reintroduce uh, interaction, social interaction in public open space after the corona lockdowns. So that's that's a way that with what we try to introduce right. this case. Okay. Yeah, I think. Um, a challenge in we're facing this very time is we need to be quick in reallocating the space fairly. Otherwise, if we lose the momentum, we might get back to the old habits, and we would have lost the, a big chance to to to, to invert the the the, uh, the environment we're living in. So we need to be quick. We need to be courageous. And politicians need to understand that uh, the, the active mobility measures are going to benefit yeah. the citizenship in the first place. Yeah. So, but is that now when the city is still empty, Professor? Uh, yeah, the city is empty. But if you need, I mean, I mean, for, no. Know, when is the momentum? Like here, for now, example, now, now measures are, are already taking down. The streets now need uh, need to to be redesigned nowadays, not tomorrow, mm. not in two days, just now. Because if we lose the momentum now, I'm afraid we will get back to phase one, and we people will easily forget about what we went through, and they will get back to the car, they will get back to the old habits. Yeah. So now, yeah, people need to be educated. I don't think my my fellow citizenship are stupid. They need to be educated. You know, Pascal's met is is, is is a funny character from from Brussels, and he says that people need to be happy even against their will. So that's the role of politicians and and city planners. Mm -hmm. If you can see the, the the statue inside the rock, I will make you see it, even if you don't want to. Well, when we talk about happiness, Leo is a you know is the chief of happiness. Your response, your response to that? <laughs> I love the Pascal Smet uh, quote. Never, yeah. never heard it yet, but uh, nice. I'm gonna steal it. Uh -huh. Now, uh, yeah. Well, I think uh, I, I don't. I think about it a lot because sometimes you're making those public participations meeting where you have this agenda and you hear people uh, saying that they they would like to keep uh, parking spaces, uh, for instance, and uh, we want to remove them, and then you. You're saying, all right, we need to. They don't know for their own good, right? So we need to decide for them. But that's also very dangerous because in the '60s, planners said the same. I mean, this this quote I just said is a Robert Moses quote that Jane mm -hmm. Jacobs was fighting for. So I think that uh, it's it's not about doing. Yeah, it's a, we need to think how to show people better and maybe what what you do uh, in Vienna. 
is a great example to to show those even very quickly show let people reimagine public spaces uh just try to make the connection between better public spaces places where people can meet each other uh even in social distance to happiness and i think that yeah as, as francesco mentioned yeah people are not stupid they, they see it when they when they feel it they see it and we just need to make the connection better yeah and, and i have to admit that we took on social spots here in amsterdam <laughs> yeah uh, we we uh, we bought some we bought some chalk and went uh, on a Friday morning uh, chalking around the streets to draw uh, social spots, and uh, we did it in front of like local businesses as well because they do a lot of these takeaway uh, um, you know tie-ins, so they can use it to uh, to to create a line, of course, but also uh, as of June one here in Amsterdam it's. We're in the Netherlands. I mean, terraces are potentially going to open again. So hopefully, that's also a tool to use to uh, define the the distances between uh, uh, between people, citizens. Maybe we can share a link here for any other city who wants to take on chalk and social spots, right? Yeah, right. sure. Please, I invite everybody to use our very simple health concept because it, yeah. It's it's easily drawn on the floor, like you said. Just okay. use some. Where, where can they where can they find it? Um, wait, I can search for it and post it. I will do okay, it. you can post it in the comment box, and then uh, uh, people can see it. Um, it also brings us to um, you know, to other um, uh, solutions that we can can think of that um, you all like launching amazing project projects uh, around the world as well and, and in your own city so what solutions uh, uh would you propose besides the fact that it has to happen now francesco but uh, what solutions would you propose to improve public spaces hmm. well as i said before the, the, you know as long as the, we, we keep the the, the the status quo alive you'll be mm -hmm. futile so we need to uh, reallocate the space and to make people experience the extra space and they they will you know as we said people are not stupid so that they will immediately feel the difference and once you feel the privilege to have an extra space you will you won't get back to, to the old days mm. so um, yeah people need to experience the the, the 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 freedom of having an extra space maybe at the, at the expense of, of of a parking of a parking lot or or uh, um, a dedicated space for motorists. So we need to rethink the city. Lear, so, you've been working with uh, parking spots, right? Yeah, we've been Re working regenerating them. Yeah, and uh, we, we we are continuing now because, of course, people are uh, they see that cars are not moving. So why not just move them a little bit outside the city? So we will be spreading more uh, parklets around the city and. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, we're going even bigger. We're now we've just launched our uh, well in Dutch Vakantiestraat initiative, so Vacation Street initiative, where mm -hmm. residents from all the Netherlands would be able to uh, basically close down their streets oh. for cars and turn their street into a de vacation destination. Oh. And that's because not only our streets, ah, uh, well, our streets, we need more space, but we also are not being able to. To travel so we cannot go to lovely rome this summer probably or not as easy and cheaply uh, or to a sunny destination and the netherlands is sometimes sunny once in a while 
in the summer. There is a day or two. And uh, I think that this is now an opportunity where residents can for weeks and weeks, for the entire summer, just turn their street into a beach, a park, a place to play, meet, drink, and a vacation in our own city. I mean, unfortunately, this is the situation, but it can be great. Yeah, because many, many, many residents don't even know their, their neighborhood. You know, they just sleep, they wake up in the morning, and they go to work, and they go to school. There's no, uh, uh, they, they never experienced the, 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 the barrio in, in, in a Spanish way. And that's mm. a perfect chance to, to get to know each other as well. But they've been playing on the balconies with instruments and playing yeah, music. Only, and... only the first week, then people got fed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they got depressed. So, okay. All right. But this can help as well, like, you know, to, to bring people, you know, a bit of social cohesion in your own in your own street, right? Yeah, social distancing, but still share the road. Yeah. Vakantiestraat. I like it. Yeah. Can, people, can people just close off their own streets? Uh, I, I will not advise anyone to do it without uh, permission, uh, but uh, we are working with uh, municipalities uh, to do it legally and, of course, uh, to enable the legal framework to uh, people to just do it. So, uh, of course, at the end, someone has to go and do it, but we want to make it, uh, of course, legal and uh, in order. I would like to know more, Lior, so I will, I will ask you more details about that. So. Perfect. Something I'm, I'm, I might be interested in, in trying to replicate it. Would be great. Yeah. Thank you. I think there's a question from Greg Gill. It's it's a bit of combination of social spots and uh, and uh, Francesco, I think, from Rome. Mm -hmm. Any advice on chalking or spray painting and temporary walking or bike lane? Um, well, <laughs> I, can advise, <laughs> I can advise, I mean, using chalk is very easy and it, the price is really low, but also what's imaginable is also using duct tape to stick it onto the floor and make some kind of pop-up bike lane um, with that. That's pretty simple. Yeah, maybe you can get in contact, Greg can get in contact with his local counselor, for instance, and try to put on the table a, a, a plan, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, the people in the neighborhood can can do a petition together in order to 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 put the things on 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 rolling. So that that's the uh, the good the good way. The other way is just you know get a paint and do something yourself. But uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Also, Adriana here from Bucharest. Mm. Here they forbid cars in central Bucharest. As I live in central Bucharest, I'm afraid that everyone will come here. What's the solution? <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a real concern for health or uh, NIMBYism, uh, but I would suggest for Bucharest to close more parts, also outside Bucharest, uh, and then uh, people can be in their neighborhoods. There is enough space. Uh, and I visited last year Bucharest. I think that if you will even if everybody would come there from the entire of the, the entire country, you will not be able to fill up the huge roads mm. uh, in the city. Yeah. So, I agree. Little parrot. <laughs> nice. Do we have Wonderful any other? City, uh, yeah, definitely is. Absolutely. I've also been there a couple of times. Absolutely. And do you have any other solutions um, that we could share with uh, with our viewers to get inspired on what they could do? 
bit of bottom up, of course. You know, I think for a lot of things you need permits and you need, uh, um, you know, your government, municipality to collaborate. But are there any other bottom up solutions that our viewers could uh, could jump on? We have right now. We've got another initiative running, not from Gator. We are just uh, supporting it in a way. It's called Place for Vienna, and they they have 18 demands on our politics to make our city more equally distributed among the different using groups of, of walking people, of cyclists and cars. We have two thirds of our streets belong to car, much too, uh, far too much, because we have less and less cars in Vienna, in our city that I used, and more and more other people on walking, on cycling, which have, have the demand for more space. So we try to distribute it more fairly. And this is called Place for Vienna. And they are quite, yeah, quite great with, with, with solutions they promote um, and demands they, they, they ask for our politics. Mm. This is, in my way, this is a good, a very good solution. If you start from, from, your, from civil society, start pressing press on your politics um, in order to, to do something. Because we also see, like Francesco, we see the window is now open. We want to have a, yeah, we want, we, we want to see a change now in our city planning. Yeah, I think approaching um, local politician is the first step today. And so they, they will feel the pressure. And if they see that people want to, to, to change something, they will feel more secure. I know it's funny, but that you know, politicians should be um, should be enough, uh, brave enough to do things by them by their own. But sometimes they're not. So when they have, when they see the people are are, are 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 talking to each other, are convinced to do something else, they might get the courage they need to 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 step up and do uh, different things. Mm -hmm. So that also partially gives an answer to what uh, Hannah uh, what Hannah is raising here as a question. Whether you know people, uh, um, you know that people would educate themselves. Um, if it's like, do we get enough tools as well to educate ourselves when it comes to this? I think yeah, you have to you have to feel it. You have to feel it. It's not mm -hmm. enough only to imagine. I mean, we can imagine also before the corona, but we see that it's very difficult if you don't. Uh, most people don't sit at home like us, thinking about. Uh, cities and how they can change most people have uh, real jobs <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, well other jobs where they need to actually think about their job and they have a family and it's, it's very difficult you need to actually feel the change and hopefully mm -hmm. all the mm -hmm. pop-up uh, initiatives would be yeah, yeah i think yeah. that's also something that uh, humankind does really right is is you really let them experience with with uh, with an idea like a physical right on the streets yeah i like to, i mean because the the first step like the what only maybe some people can use imagine but it's difficult and then you mm -hmm. have those renders right like the the, the 3d or the, the images that architects make but they also always look a little bit unreal and it's difficult to look at a place and imagine how it would work with this image and i like the the experiments on the streets because those are like real life renders. Mm -hmm. This is how it would look. Yeah, maybe not exactly like this. It's a bit cheap with maybe a bit chart spray, but uh, 
this is how it would look. Let's let's feel it. Let's try a little bit to imagine. Mm -hmm. and, but I also, yeah, I also understand from from an example that I heard from you before is that you just leave it there for quite a while, just so people get used to it, and then you take it away, and then they start complaining. <laughs> yeah, people don't like change. No, and, uh, no. Now, in order to make a better city, in my opinion, we need to change something, and it will be difficult. But uh, I promise you that if you go to Amsterdam and you offer them to run through buildings and build a big highway, most people will be against. So I think what we're trying to, what we experience, what I personally experienced during EU-funded projects, is you get loads of uh, excellent good practices it could be easily replicated in, in, in your city. As you know, sometimes I, I always get the answer like, oh, Rome is not Amsterdam nor Copenhagen. We will never get the, the, the cycling boats they had. But if you look back 40 years, Amsterdam and Copenhagen were really similar to Rome, car-oriented cities, mm -hmm. really polluted cities. But then they decided to change and it took them 40 years. Nowadays we have all the informations we need. So in a 10 years time, 10, 15 years time, we could really uh, reshape the whole city in a, in a different way. So, you know, these are excuses. It takes courage, it takes, you, need, you need a vision, you need consistency, but things can be done. Yeah, and, and I think there are a lot of examples as well that can be shared with each other as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Like, uh, I see here Maud uh, responding oh. with uh, the Schoolstraat. The school, school street, streets yeah. to increase uh, safety in the, in the streets. Yeah, we're currently working on it in on this matter in in Rome, even though it's it's quite complicated uh, um, law wise. Uh, sometimes the, the the urban police doesn't allow you to to shut down a road or to or even temporarily. And uh, but we're working on this direction. It's it's sometimes it's it's funny how the first who oppose such interventions are the, 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 the families of the kids who complain about where am I gonna park my car? Mm -hmm. So you need to help them. It's like the way you act it to drugs. You need to slowly help them in the process. Yeah. yeah. It's actually and really cool that this project was mentioned because we as Ghetto in Vienna, we were also working uh, to yeah initiate these um, reduced Reduced cars, no, wait, car free zones in front of schools. Yeah, they're called also school streets. And, and yeah, it took also a very long time. And um, yeah, lots of talking to people, either from the district of like from different districts to the teachers, to the parents. But in the end, I think all of the schools that tried this concept now are really happy about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, as, as Sophie said, we really like the school streets, but now what we also realize is it's not so very um, easily done for the schools because there need to be teachers who would pull some kind of um, free clothings um, in the, before the beginning of the school to the streets that cars wouldn't pass by. Mm. Um, so it's quite hard to find enough people who would organize this way of closing a street. Um, and what I feel now... Um, as a much, much more urgent need is since COVID-19 in, in the Austrian schools, the sport education, physical education is stopped because of, yeah, of the measurements. Mm -hmm. And now the children in school, they can't do physical education anymore. 
So I think it's much. It, it would be so much more important to have a car-free space in front of the school, outside of school, where it would be possible for for the children to move around um, in a secure in a secure way, um, in order to have a kind of yeah, they need to they need to do some some sports. Yeah. Um, or like give class on the streets, maybe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. This would be like two solutions on with one on one hand. You would get the 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 adults taxis. We call them agent taxis out of the school, out of in front of the school, and you have, would have much more public space for the kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would like to. Sorry, lads. I would like to answer to Lenin, which yes, uh, as we are we face the same problem for decades. As every time we're trying to implement a measure, an active mobility measure, whether it's a, a cycling path or a pedestrianization, uh, shop owners go berserk. They're mm -hmm. like, you know, we're going bankrupt and blah, 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 and all the usual. Uh, it is a big lie. I mean, they don't say it because they, 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 they're just ignorant. They just don't know how things really work because they will be the first to benefit from such interventions. And I think that. Um, uh, Cost-benefit analysis is the is the perfect literature for, mm. for for shop owners and residents as well, and it is a, a, a powerful tool also for, for politicians to talk them over. Otherwise, it would be like, you know, the, the not in my backyard is always is always there, uh, mm. especially when it comes to shop owners and residents. But cost-benefit analysis in, within Handshake, we had the CCO, which is a, a Dutch uh, firm. It's one of the, the, the leading firm in, in cost-benefit analysis, and we're currently working with them. As I think, this is the, pers the, 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 the perfect medicine to, to to cure the disease of people complaining or telling you no, even before you start uh, mm -hmm. explaining them the, the benefit they will receive. And I will I will just have to drop here uh, because I, I I definitely agree. <laughs> there are few streets that uh, I would say yeah don't focus on parking. I think that parking became this thing that we we all focus on. It's kind of like uh, if you are uh, if you are pro car, you would be pro parking. And if you are pro livable cities, you will be against parking. Sometimes parking is very important for uh, shop owners and uh, in, in cities that are more car oriented and parking on street parking is uh, in North American cities also makes sure that people are driving slower. So I don't know where uh, Lenin is uh, living. Uh, Amsterdam. Uh, oh, then uh, go with Francesco example. In Amsterdam, you need to remove parking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, it depends on the, on the occasion. I'm dropping in another question. People have questions, which is great. <clears throat> which are the best use of public space that can, one, improve quality of life, two, convince citizens and decision makers? Hmm. Wow. Now, see, people seems afraid of the possibility to get back the space. It's like when you live in a cage, you know, and then they open you the, the, the door of the cage and you're a bit reluctant to go out and smell the, the, the freedom. Mm -hmm. and that's what we need to do. We need to put people on the streets to make them regain the space that were, they were taken away back in the days. I mean, you don't have to go back a hundred years, but here in Rome, I have pictures 20 maybe 30 years ago, where kids were, used to play on the streets. Nowadays, they're not playing on the streets anymore. Mm -hmm. So the, the, I understand the feeling. Sometimes I'm, I'm afraid to take out my kids on the streets because you, you fear cars, you fear, you know, 
but that 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 what that's what you need to do. Make them smell the freedom again. Yeah, and trust and trust uh, your fellow citizen as well. Not Absolutely. To, yeah, look him in the eye. Not to run you over. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and people must experience it and understand the problem at first that they have not enough space in our cities. If they understand and then experience it, this is the way to drive change. I think. Mm -hmm. Nice. I need to, uh, you know, move on to the next question. Is also like, you know, the, the role of a citizen in this. You know, like how can they get involved? You know, you know, to work with you and work with you on your projects, and also, um, you know, as as a change maker, that's how I see you as well. Is like, you know, what's that skill that you find most valuable to to you know influence change in your own city, to also inspire others to join you. <laughs> Yeah. Let's start easy. How can citizens get involved? You invite uh, them. Do they? Can they sign up? Can they um, share the ideas? I think with us it's pretty easy. You just come to our meetings and and or discuss on social media with us, and we we are always like very open-minded for new people and with all of our actions we do outside we mm. try to invite everybody that passes by to join us um, to make them realize that there can be like change done easily if you mm. get involved do you have a community as well of like walkability activists uh, from the city of vienna you mean or or get of wien yes people can just are part oh, yeah, of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure 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 yeah yeah um, I, I would say that uh, many times, uh, I mean, most cities have those platforms where you can influence, right? You have those um, meetings in uh, the, the meetings with the municipality and the participation meetings. And I think that most people ignore those events uh, and only the angry anti-change people would show up. And I think that uh, as a non-professional uh, mm -hmm. citizen, your, your best shot would be to actually show up uh, in those meetings, uh, write to uh, politicians, uh, show them that there are so many silent uh, supporters. Mm -hmm. How would you turn so that into a skill, Dior? Uh, well, I think what, what we like to do is we, we like to uh, document good results. So it's very easy. I mean, if you turn off again, if you take out the parking space from a shopping street, you will hear only the the owner of the shop, one of them at yeah. least, angry. But you will not hear all those great people that uh, that had great uh, experience in the streets. Yeah. And this is what you need because it's easy. They, they will not come to the municipality and tell them thank you for making a great street. This is not just yeah. how people work. And we need to document those those stories. And uh, we need to help cities to document the stories. Uh, that's what we try to do. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. You, you really center the, the, the problem here. The noisy minority, we call it, mm -hmm. have the power to ruin even good projects. We need to stop listening to them or even trying to persuade them. But, you know, a minority cannot influence negatively uh, a good project. So the vast majority of the people will benefit and would agree with your interventions. So you need to be courage, courageous to, 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 to go on, even though people will always complain. I mean, it's in, it's in our nature, you know, but yeah. 
possible? Any from you, so Francesco? Like, we need to. Oh, there we go. I mean, I think the perfect the perfect tool to persuade people is to communicate in the right way. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, if you if you explain what you're trying to do in 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 a fine way, you make them understand their their the benefit they will they will get. People will will, will back you up. Mm -hmm. If you propose something like the top down, people will will say no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I. I, I think it's also very important to show people that you also understand their concerns and their fears that they have. Yeah, in order true. for them to understand your point of view better. I think mm -hmm. it's I think it needs to be a dialogue. I, I, I agree with what you said. Yeah, because mm -hmm. sometimes people are just moved by selfishness. You know, like I want my my my, my parking space in front of my house mm -hmm. and you know, they're a bit naive in what their, their needs are. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a combination of, of a lot of factors. Like it's, it's showing the value, like replicating it and having it there and maybe taking it away so people then realize what they're, they're missing, you know, that value, mm -hmm. to communicating the benefits, but also to have maybe, you know, examples that have been, are replicated you know, from other cities where, where it's shown, where it has been, you know, had a, had an effect, like, I don't know, possibly social spots in Amsterdam versus Vienna, but also a Vacantiestraat in, in Rome to, I don't know, maybe there's also a way for us to collaborate more than just reinvent the wheel, just try to adapt it into more like yeah. a, you know. That's what European projects are all about. To yeah, learn yeah, yeah. From practices, so. Yeah. So like, for example, there's a, you know, of course, bikes with their bicycle mayor program. Mout is throwing it in there. <laughs> they need a Vienna bicycle mayor. So if you know anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true that the, the Peaks program of bicycle mayor really works. I mean, I mean, the, 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 the goal is really ambitious. It's 50 by 30. So half of all cities uh, trips by bicycle by 2030. But mm -hmm. we manage, I mean, Maud is she's a real warrior. And they managed to gather uh, hundreds of, of bicycle mayors throughout the world and that mm. helps yeah even even younger young bicycle mayors are yeah, there. sure so we need to start young if you want to change also uh, a mindset <laughs> uh, there's a uh, merp saying can you recommend any books yeah. on this topic oh uh, bike city <laughs> we can just drop it in i think we should uh, drop links in the comment box but I would say if, if, if you're someone completely new to the topic, always start with Jane Jacobs, Death and Life of Great American Cities. Like that's the beginning. And now I just finished uh, Jeff Speck's uh, Walkable City Rules, which is very easy to read with 100 rules about how to make walkable cities. I think it's also a great read. Great. If you don't mind, Lear, please, please drop them in the comment box or links so uh, viewers can just... Uh... You know, instantly see it and click on it. Mm -hmm. um, All right. Yes. And we're like, seriously, brutally over time. <laughs> but that's uh, what you get with such a, you know, uh, yeah, heavy-hearted topic, right? I mean, it's, uh, it affects us all in, 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 our, in our movement, in our freedom of movement as well at the moment. Um, and I think it's good to have already solutions in place. And as Francesco says, act now, because now is the momentum. Because if you wait too long, then uh, we might get back to normal. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid. Yes. So I think I'm going to 
we don't have any questions left, so <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna uh, end this nice live Q and A. I hope uh, initiatives. Uh, I hope Hannah, Sophie, Francesco, and Leo that you enjoyed this this conversation. Uh, I'll make sure to uh, exchange contact details as well, so you can uh, you know contact each other as well. Um, I'm gonna say thank you to all of you. I'm gonna drop you out of the screen and then I'm gonna close up the live stream. And um, uh, yeah, thank you so much. I'm gonna start off. Thank you, Vienna, for your time. Thank you. Anna, Sophie, all the best. stay safe and healthy. Bye bye. Ciao. Thank you very much. Ciao. It's been a great pleasure. Bye. Likewise. There you go. And Leo from Rotterdam, we bump into each other very soon. Good. And um, okay. take care. All the best. Cheers. Ciao. All right, then we're back to just me. Um, I'm gonna switch off this question. Yes. So we're back, and I want to really want to say thank you for this great, um, um, you know, conversation we just had about social distancing in the public space. Um, you see, various cities have different challenges. Um, but I do feel encouraged that we need to share these initiatives with each other, have a conversation with them, but also exchange ideas so we can help each other further. I also want to thank everyone who's been watching um, this uh, live q and I know there have been signups from Cairo to Singapore. Special shout out to Singapore because she stay, stayed up, stood up all like, night to watch this talk. So I'm very appreciate uh, that, that you're here. Um, yeah, and uh, hopefully you felt inspired um, to come up with ideas for your own city. Um, if you need any uh, links or connections, please hit us up. You can follow us and drop us DMs right here. Um, our next city talks will be in two weeks. We're going to continue the frequency. So the next one is going to be on the 28th of May. Um, you can sign up through our um, website. And uh, we already know which theme we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to bring back an older one, but still relevant one. Um, so who knows what cities we're going to have um, lined up for you. But if you know any initiatives or any cool local businesses or other great individuals that we need to speak to, also drop them here. Um, no, the more we know about you, the more we can unite this global community of city enthusiasts. Um, and I'm proud that we can pull this off all together. So again, thank you very much. Um, I'm gonna talk to you soon. Thank you for your time. Uh, my name is Robin again, and uh, stay tuned and uh, stay safe and stay healthy. All the best, take care, bye-bye, bye. -bye. bye.